Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. If you would like to participate in online worship, sermons, and children's programs, then check out the Renaissance Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, let's get started. by my child to say Ren, not Renaissance, because it's cooler, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. So I am so glad that you're here this morning. I'm glad that you got up early, like I did, and you decided to come and just kind of stir your faith. I love, I love it when we can all gather together, and I'm super excited to see you. So welcome. Welcome to those who are watching online, or if you're watching this at a later time, welcome. I just want to know, I want you to know that you are incredibly loved. You are loved. You have been prayed for this week, and you have been on the heart of the Lord. Okay, I want you to know that. Um, I am super excited to be here. If I'm out of breath, it's because I like ran up here. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. I didn't run. I don't really run that well. Um, not really. I try, but you know, run after my kids. So I have a lot of kids. Just to give you a little bit about me, I have like six kids, and. No more space in my house or my minivan because it's packed. Um, Recently, we went on a trip to Iowa, and I realized as I turned around that my son, who is 13, has no more leg room. Poor child is like all cramped together, and it's super fun. Our our family is big and crazy, crazy, chaotic. If you ever want a funny story, come to my house. Sit with me at my table. I'll pour you a cup of coffee, and I'll tell you how my day is because there's usually something hysterical that has happened. If you're a parent in the room and you have children, you have a story to tell, right? Come on now. You have a story to tell, right? It's very comical in our home. So I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I am a friend. I love to drink coffee, hence the coffee cup. It's so cute. It's actually my husband's. I stole it. But I love, I love the way it feels in my hand. Do you, ever have, do you have like a favorite cup that you're just like every morning, that's my go-to? Okay, anyway. So I love coffee, any kind of coffee, any time of day. It's great. Um, I'm a refurbishing enthusiast. Okay, so I made that word up. I put two and two together. <laughs> because, and here's why. I love to create things. I love to drive down the road and I see a pile of trash or things that people don't want anymore. And I'm like, oh, I can make something out. Anybody else in the room? Okay, we're friends, yay, that's awesome. So my kids make fun of me because they're like, oh my gosh, my mom is gonna stop and she's gonna put it in the back of our van and she's gonna tell me to hold this on my lap until I get home and they crack up. But I I love it, some of my most favorite projects and some of the most prized possessions in my home have been someone else's trash. And I love it. I absolutely love it. So I'm a refurbishing enthusiast. Um, I don't necessarily want your junk, though. Just putting that out there. I'm good. My my garage is full right now. But I love Magnolia Market. I love love all of that stuff. It just excites me. You want to get me going? Okay, give me a project to do, and let's work it out. Let Let me get dirty, and let me paint. Let me knock some things out, and I am super happy super happy. So um, my husband, he made fun of me last week um, because I have signs in our kitchen. And if you haven't watched that, go back and watch last week's sermon because not just that he's my husband. I mean, I absolutely love him. Um, He is the most handsome man in the room. However, 
he made fun of me and said about my kitchen sign. I have a kitchen and I have it eat. Well, if he didn't have those signs, he would not know where to get food. I mean, come on. Man, you need some help, right? I'm just kidding. I really am just kidding. Um, I want you to sit back this morning and I want you to take a deep breath in. Just a deep breath. Just a deep breath. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit and breathe out. Don't forget to breathe out, please. And keep breathing because it's really important, okay? (laughs) Don't stop breathing. (laughs) Don't stop breathing. But as you breathe in, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you this morning. Because I believe, just like I'm standing here right now, that God has a word for you and a word for me. Um, Pastor Jeff did say something about how some things were stirring inside of him. What I'm about to share with you is something that the Lord has been stirring in me and sharing with me and bringing to life in my soul for a couple of years now. And so my prayer for you and my hope for you is that you will not just take a seat this morning and watch your watch for time to fly by, but you will allow the spirit of the living God to speak something specific to your life and your situation. I am a firm believer that God speaks and that he speaks to you. And it doesn't have to be right here in church. It can be when you're driving down the road. Some of my most favorite moments with the Lord have been when I'm in my minivan and it's just me and I'm on my way to the grocery store and God starts to speak to me and I start crying. I'm an emotional person. I do cry. My kids make fun of me all the time because I cry. I'm like, oh, that's a sweet story. Oh, my goodness. Oh. And they're like, mom's crying again. Here come the waterworks. But I believe that there are things inside that God wants to stir up, that he wants to bring healing, that he wants to bring hope into your very soul. Anybody need some hope today? Okay. And those who aren't raising your hands, you can raise both of them because yes, We've just come out of a season and still kind of coming up out of this season of this crazy COVID pandemic. Craziness. Our world has pretty much been, for some of you, shattered. And there's kind of this lingering hopelessness of, God, where are you? You know, I thought I trusted you. I thought I believed you. I thought you were good, God. But here I am, maybe loss of job, loss of income, loss of a family member. Everybody has been affected by this COVID. And so I want to bring some hope to you today. I want to bring some hope to you. Um, I want you to go on a journey with me this morning. And like I said, my hope and prayer for you has been that God would do something under the surface, that when you leave this building, you're like, I just, I know God in a different way now. And I know that he loves me, that I've been thought about. I've been cared for. I've been loved today. So will you go on that journey with me this morning? Will you? Will you open yourselves up to the Holy Spirit to speak something? One word from the Lord can change the trajectory of your life. One word. I believe that when you know that the Lord, the God, the creator of this universe sees you in your situation... It changes. Situation may still stay the same, but you've got this flicker of hope. You've got this, oh, okay. We can do that, God. We can do that. So um, we are going to start. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 through 16. And again, I just want you to relax. Just take a deep breath in and allow God to speak to you. 
Now Sarah, Sarai actually, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Okay, so after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, gave her to Abram as a wife, husband and wife now, and supposedly, and Hagar got pregnant. She conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on her mistress with contempt. And Sarah said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. And But Abram said to Sarai, behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and Hagar fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. I want you to remember spring, okay? I want you to remember that word, spring. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so they cannot be numbered for the multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant. He's saying this to Hagar, you're pregnant, you're going to bear a son, and his name needs to be called Ishmael. Because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. You are a God of seeing. Truly here, I have seen him who looks after me. Hope. You see me. Therefore, the well was called Beher Lahai Rahoi. It leads to Kadesh and Bered. It's in between there. And Hagar bore Abram a son. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Now you might be like, what in the world did you just read to me? So I'm going to recap it for you, okay? Because I really want you to get this. Hagar was an Egyptian maidservant, possibly given to, we're going to call them Abraham and Sarah, which is a little more familiar term probably because they were named Abram and Sarai and then God changed their name. When God spoke to them in a mighty, mighty way, God changed their names to Abraham and Sarah. Hagar was their slave. She was probably given to them when they were in Egypt during a time. And, and the Pharaoh sent Abraham and Sarah away and he's like, here, take, take this servants, take all this, these animals and just be gone. So she was Sarah's or yes, she was Sarah's maidservant. Um, God had given Abraham and Sarah a promise. Anybody ever had a promise from the Lord? God given you something and it's taken a little longer for it to come to fruition, like a little longer than you would like. Well, that was Sarah's experience. Sarah was like, okay, God, you promised that we were gonna have children and our descendants would be many. And here we are 10 years plus from that promise that you gave to us, and Sarah still isn't pregnant. So she decides that she's going to give Hagar, her maidservant, to Abram, so that she could have children through her. It, through her. it was a, a cultural thing that they had picked up from the Assyrians. And it was just kind of weird, honestly. 
I couldn't imagine saying, okay, here's my maidservant, now go have children so that they can be mine. And that's where she was. And so Hagar becomes pregnant. And then everything goes down real fast. Hagar, who's the maidservant, has no rights of her own, has now been told she's going to be the wife of, this, of her uh, mistress's the husband, and now she finds herself pregnant. And she's being mistreated. Those are a lot of things that are happening to Hagar, and they are out of her control, aren't they? Maybe a little hopelessness has been stirred inside of her to where she's like, what am I supposed to do? She can't make money on her own. She can't, she has nothing. She has no inheritance. She's a servant. Does that sound like any of you? Some hopelessness maybe stirred inside of you? And you're like, what do I do next? Hagar then despises her mistress, and her mistress, Sarah, becomes very harsh towards her. And Hagar says, okay, enough, enough. I'm going to run away to the wilderness. I'm pregnant, and I'm going to run away. Okay, I've been pregnant a number of times, and I cannot imagine running to the wilderness where there is nothing for me. There's nothing there. There's no provision. There's no shelter. There's no food. She was hopeless at that moment in that time. And so she runs to the desert. And this is my favorite part of the story. As she's there by the spring, guess who shows up? An angel of the Lord. And God begins to speak to her and says this, where have you been and where are you going? Right there at the spring. I find it very interesting that years later, when Jesus sets onto the scene, comes onto the scene, he meets a woman at the well. Is anybody familiar with that story? Jesus finds a woman, a woman who is at the well at noon. You don't go to get water at noon. You go with your group of lady friends in the morning to a well, and you get water for the entire day. But this woman that day went at noon because she wanted to go by herself. I believe she was lost. She was a woman that, that had a number of husbands. And as she's at the well, Jesus meets her. She's just going to get a drink. I bet she was a little hopeless, not sure what her future, because she had a number of husbands. She lived a crazy life. Everybody was talking about this woman. And she goes to this well at noon, and Jesus shows up on the scene and begins to give her a word. Remember I said earlier, when God speaks a word to you, it transforms your life. It can change in a minute. You might feel hopeless when you walked in that door this morning, and yet God's like, uh-uh, you're my kid. Remember, you're my kid. And I've thought about you this week, and I love you. And I want you to have hope when you leave. I believe that that's what Jesus did that day when he met the woman at the well and he was like, all right, I got this. And he told the woman everything she had ever done. And that woman left from that well, went back into town, and she was one of the greatest evangelists. Why? Because Jesus met her. Jesus met her. Jesus met her in her time of hopelessness, and she's like, okay. My life has changed. My life has completely changed and transformed. That is the same situation that Hagar found herself in as she is in the wilderness at this spring, completely hopeless, broken, and doesn't know what the future holds. 
The angel of the Lord asks her, where have you been and where are you going? She can answer the first question. She said, I didn't tell you where I was. I was with that woman back there and she was awful to me. And now I'm pregnant and I don't know where to go. And the angel says, well, where are you going? She doesn't know. I found myself in that situation many times. God, I don't know what to do, whether it be my parenting. Because remember, I got six kids. <laughs> That's a lot. I'm outnumbered. <laughs> my husband and I are outnumbered completely. <laughs> there are times when I'm like, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to handle this child. Not because I want to say, okay, someone else deal with him. But Holy Spirit, I don't know that child's thoughts. This is a parenting tip for you, okay? And I don't know it all. I just want you to know that. Here's a parenting tip. The Holy Spirit wants to show up in your parenting. There have been moments with my children where I don't know what to say. I don't know how to handle a situation. And I say, Holy Spirit, show up. Give me the words to speak to this child. And you know what God does? Because he is this good. He shows up. He gives me those words that that child needs to hear. And it changes not only their behavior, but God has seen them. There have been words that the Lord has given to me for my children, and we will leave our little conversation, if you want to call it, our intense conversation. And my child walks away feeling with, filled with hope and that he or she has been seen. Why? Because the God of the universe wanted to come down and intervene. And I just had to step back and say, okay, God, I know what I want to do with this child, but... You care about them too, so how do you want me to handle them? So I believe that a word from the Lord can change your situation in a moment. Where have you been and where are you going? I want to submit to you today to hear and to listen to the voice of the Lord and what he might be saying to you because your situation might not be like mine, but God wants to come and he wants to intervene and he wants to show up and show off only like he can do, okay? Only like he can do. She named him El-Rohi, okay? And it's the only time that we see this name of God in the Bible. I don't know if you see this here, but this says, hello, my name is Anigo Montoya. I always get that wrong. You killed my father, prepared to die. Anyone seen that movie before? Okay, so Hagar names the Lord. There are a number of names in the word of God. If you don't have a Bible, let me know. If you are not involved in reading the word of God, grab it and read it. Let it become life to you because that's what it is. And there are names of God. She, she calls him El-Rohi. El-Rohi, she says, you are the God who sees me. You don't just see someone else. You don't just see my neighbor. You don't just see Abraham and Sarah and give them a promise. But God, you have seen me in my desperation at this well in the wilderness. God, you see me. You see me in my situation. Here are uh, some more names of the Lord that I absolutely love. He is the great I am. He's Jehovah Rapha. God is my healer. He's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Jehovah Jireh. Sounds a little strange, I know. God is my provider. Who needs some provision in your life? Okay, I do. I do. I got six kids, guys. Um, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. 
Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. God shows up on the scene, and it's the first time we hear, and he is speaking to someone. And who does he choose to speak to? But a woman. But a woman who is broken and lost and completely hopeless. God shows up and shows off. And when she begins to realize that God has seen her, it changes her perspective. And she decides that, okay, God, you've seen me. I think I can trust you. I think I can trust you with what comes next in my life. I think I can believe you for greater than what I am right now. And she decides that she's going to go back to her mistress. Could you imagine going back to the very place that just has kind of given birth to this hopelessness in your life? Could you imagine going back there and saying, okay, God, I'm going to believe you because of what you told me. You told me that you, I was going to have a son, and I was to name him Ishmael. And so she goes back, and she, she trusts the Lord at his word. And God says, you are going to be outnumbered. You're not going to be able to number your descendants. They're going to be so great. And gives her this promise for her and her son and the future of that family. God is just that good. He is just that incredibly good. Hagar had some things happen to her that she didn't expect. Okay? I've been there. Hagar decides that, hey, it's better to run to the wilderness than to stay where I am. Because where I am is causing me so much pain and anguish. Hagar recognizes that she is seen. And I believe when she recognizes that she's seen, she's like, okay, that's the hope I need. I just, I just needed to know that God sees me. That he, just, he, he sees me in my brokenness. He absolutely sees me. You are the God who sees me. And it changed her sweet life. I'm going to share a story with you this morning that... Um, I'm an open book with my life. My husband and I, we just, we love to share what God is doing, the good, the, the sad, and allow him to bring healing and hope. And again, remember, that's my prayer for you, is that God would be breathing hope into your soul this morning. Just one word from him can change your perspective and your life. Face to face with the Father, like there's no other place that I want to be. I want his banner over me. I want his provision in my life. I want his voice to be the loudest one that I hear all of the time. So in 2011, my husband and I found ourselves um, pregnant with twins. And it was a really cool thing. Really cool. I was completely overjoyed that God would give us two babies. Wow, who am I, right? I love kids, by the way. Um, and then in 2011, we happened to lose one of our children. And it was the most devastating thing I've ever walked through in my life. It was nothing that we expected, um, nothing that was normal. It was one of those things. You put the baby to sleep, and they don't wake up the next day. And my husband and I found ourselves in a place where we had to say, okay, God, I feel pretty hopeless right now. God, I don't know how to trust you in this. God, I need a word from you. God is that good to meet you in your brokenness, in your hopelessness, 
He's that good to bring healing. When he says that I will restore, I will redeem, when he says that I will take your brokenness and I will make something beautiful out of it, these are all scriptures in his word. When he says that, you know, that pile of ashes there, I'm gonna create something beautiful out of it. He truly does. He absolutely 100% does. I can't say that my heart doesn't ache. My heart aches. But you know what I know? That I have this hope in a God who sees me. He saw me in 2011 as we're sitting on our living room floor and we're saying, God, what do we do now? And the Lord was like, I want you to worship. <laughs> okay, God. And the Lord was like, I want you to come close to me. Don't run. Don't run. I want you to come close. And as he draws you in, he brings hope and he brings healing and he brings life. And I love that about the Lord. He is so compassionate and so gracious and incredibly faithful. Whatever you are walking through, I don't know that your situation will change, but if you grab hold of hope today and say, okay, God, I need you to intervene like now because I feel like I'm in the wilderness, that he 100% will. He will show up and he will move on your heart. And that's what the Lord did that night in 2011. And if you fast forward to 2018, we had our last child. And it's another time when God said, I see you. See, I had walked through great loss and great heartache and God had been stirring in me and healing some things in my life and continues to do. Until the day I die, God's gonna do some healing work inside me, right? He will, because that's who he is. I don't want to stay the same today as tomorrow. And in 2018, we gave birth. Well, I say we. I meant me. <laughs> Let's just face it, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm sorry. We knew that this was going to be our last baby. We knew. I knew. I was 40, and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> if we don't do something, I'm going to be like 50 and having kids. Just kidding. So we knew this was our last one. Remember, kids are a blessing from the Lord. They're an incredible gift. Kids, you are an incredible gift. Okay, and I want you to know that. I'm pretty sure your parents tell you, but I want you to know that you are an incredible gift from the Lord. We gave birth, I gave birth to Benjamin Arrow. And I was sitting there one day, two weeks from giving birth to him. And I'm like, God, I feel a little hopeless right now. I am scared. I'm scared that this baby's gonna die. The baby was completely healthy inside of me. But can I be honest and vulnerable with you for a moment? When you lose something, your mind goes back there, goes back there, and goes back there. And God's like, no, I want to make a new path for you. I want you to trust me in a new way. If you will believe me, I will work all things together for you. And God gets all the glory. That's the beauty of my story is that it's not about me. I'm just a mom with six kids and a wife and a refurbishing enthusiast, right? But when God shows up on the scene, he does something amazing. And the Lord began to speak to me in those moments. And he was like, Jen, I see you and I see your heartache. And I want to be the El Rohi in your life. God showed up to me, pregnant mama, and was incredibly kind to my heart. Incredibly kind. And, and I did give birth to a beautiful, healthy baby boy named Benjamin Arrow. And we call him Arrow, and I call him Arrow for this. Because when I got pregnant with him, I was scared. I was like, oh, Jesus, I don't know about this. 
I'm gonna be 40 this year. I can't handle this. Do you see my body? Do you see what I went through with all these other children? See this gray hair? And God's like, just chill. Just chill your butt. Just chill. That's how God speaks to me sometimes. He's like, Jen, just sit down and be quiet and just listen to me. I need those quiet, quiet moments in my life. I need God to do that for me. I need him to tell me to sit down and just be still. Because he wants to speak something to me. And he did. Like I said, our baby was healthy. And we named him Arrow for this. Because I believe that God has something specific for that child at this season in our lives. And I have learned more about trusting God as I've walked through parenting that child. I have learned more about God's goodness and his grace and his faithfulness. The very things that describe who God is. His names cannot be separated from his character. Hello, my name is El-Rohi. He is the God who sees me. He sees me. He wants to give you a promise. And I don't know what that is. But if you know the Father, oh, watch out. Because God is that good. Like, think how much, if you knew the Lord the way that he wants you to know him, how it could radically change your life. Radically change those who are around you. You will be a sweet aroma. People are like, hey, what do you have that I need? Like, you got something? What is it? And you're like, I can tell you right now, it's Jesus. He is my God. When I, when I spend time just singing songs to the Lord, I'm like, God, who am I to worship the king of the universe? Who am I to have this intimate relationship with you where I get to hear your voice? Like, it excites me when I hear the Lord speak to me. My poor kids, they get it all the time. Like, what did God speak to you today? Like, and they're like, oh, mom. But have you ever had someone tell you, good job, or you're awesome, or hey, that job you did right there is, is incredibly good, the detail, and you're like, oh my gosh, they noticed me. They know me. A friend of mine recently gave me one of the most precious gifts ever, and I was so excited. She gave me a pair of pajamas. Okay, I love I love pajamas, and mine are old. I'm a mom, you know, you just, that's not something. And she gave me these pajamas, pants and a shirt that match. And they, you know, they kind of look, her husband said they might look like scrubs a little bit, but she gave them to me. The Lord knows you. He sees you just like he knew me, saw me, and told me that I was, my son spoke to me. I didn't know if he was going to have a boy or a girl with the last one, but the Lord was like, I want you to name him Arrow because I have something specific. Do you know a bow and arrow? You pull it back, and I'm not an archerist, if that's a word. See, I like to make up words. It's fun. I don't know archery much, but I did, I did start studying it. The Lord Arrow, the word Arrow, the Lord had something specific for my son, and my son was supposed to be born. And that's what the Lord began to tell me, Jen, I've got a plan and I've got a purpose for you and for your son. Will you trust me in that? I want to be the God who sees you and moves on your life. We have this future and we have a hope. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says this, and I will leave you with this, but I want you to open your heart up to the Lord and hear what he would speak to you for the next few moments as we go into one last song. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Don't you see? Don't you see? God wants to do a new thing in you guys. Come on now. How exciting is that? You don't have to leave the same. Like God cares about you enough enough. 
husbands and wives, families, kids. God cares about you. Don't you perceive it? Open your eyes to see that I, he, will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Come on now. Come on now. He's going to put some rivers in there. It might be dry. You might feel like it's a wilderness, but come on, guys. He wants to bring you water, like living water. You might say, well, she's just a crazy woman up there, all emotional. No, no, no. Come to my house. I'm pretty much like this all the time. Unless I'm sleeping. The Lord wants to do something new in you, and he wants to bring hope to your very soul, just like he breathed hope into my soul. And I could breathe, guys. I could breathe because I know the God of the universe was with me. So will you pray with me this morning? Father God, we incredibly love you. You are worthy. God, you are so good and you are so worthy. God, show up, show off like only you can do. Give your people a word this morning. In Jesus' most precious name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Podcast. I hope that God has spoken to you through this message and that you're encouraged to continue pursuing Him. If you would like to get connected with what's going on here at Renaissance, then find us on social media or visit us online at rendicator.org. Remember to check out the Renaissance Church at Home page for online worship, sermons, and children's programs that are being offered during the COVID-19 outbreak.